Hi everybody, I'm Sess Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Janti Muhammad, the director of the Australian Institute of Internet Marketing Services. Janti is passionate about helping small businesses grow, and he's here today to talk through some recent trends, one of which, online reviews, is having a real impact on how small businesses grow. Hello, Janti. So nice to have you on the show today. Welcome. Hi, Sess. Thank you very much. I'm so pleased that you're here because I really want to get into the nitty gritty of online reviews because so many businesses have switched to online because the pandemic has facilitated that change and kind of forced it upon them. That space, that online shopping experience has become an essential part of how so many Aussie businesses do business these days. So Mm -hmm. with that, I guess consumers are doing a lot more research about the products that they're buying and who they're buying from because they don't have that face-to-face experience anymore. So can you talk to me a little bit about why it's it's really important that business owners get online reviews going on for their sites and their products? Yeah, sure. Look, you're absolutely right. You know, reputation and reviews has been, uh, has always actually been an integral part of the Australian way of doing business, right? In the past, you know, essentially a review was something that could be classified as word of mouth. But in the digital age where, like you mentioned, with the pandemic causing online shopping to, you know, grow, I mean, this year it's grown nearly, I, th- I think the number was about 450%. Um, so it's it's literally skyrocketed. And what we're finding is, you know, business owners aren't prepared. Um, and when they're not prepared, it's usually from on a review level. So their form of reputation management or digital word of mouth isn't there. Um, and it has massive, you know, negative impact on purchases and sales, and it could be product-related um, and also service-related. So we're, we're talking about a time where reviews have been read more than ever. Yeah, I think um, in some stats that you sent through, you said something like 200% increase in the number of online reviews there are for products and services. Yep, that's correct. So, you know, we've seen with our own data metrics a 200% increase in reviews influencing a consumer decision. If a business gets it, it right and, you know, displays their reviews in the right way, mm. positive and negative, it's a really powerful business tool, isn't it? Yeah, of, of course it is. So, I mean, if we were to look at the majority of successful businesses online today, that we, you know, overview, um, all of them have that down pat. So all of them have that are in control of reviews, reputation management. The genuineness of it is, you know, what we really need to stress here is that a good review is great. A bad review is also not bad. Depends which lens you want to look at it. So I like to say it's also good for negative feedback to be displayed because you want to actually show a consumer how you've managed that. And in this day and age, we all understand, most people are starting to understand the difference between a real review, a fake review. So it's not that daunting. Mm. So what would your advice be to a business owner that has received some negative feedback and it is genuine negative feedback? Well, on a business level, my advice would be to take it as 
a sounding board first and listen to what the client's saying. Uh, Of course, if it's genuine, do your best to fix the problem and ensure it doesn't happen again. If it's product related, a lot of the times a negative review is going to be because somebody bought something and it wasn't what they expected. If you're a service related business, it's usually going to be the experience that that customer had with you or some of the focal price points. Fix it. Everything's always, uh, you, you can always you know, fix a bad review. You can always go back to the client and you can remediate all of those damages. You just have to be open-minded in knowing that the client is trying to tell you something or get your attention on something that they weren't happy with your business. And essentially, if you just let it go um, and you don't respond, the next customer that comes to you, you're probably going to lose them. It's not a negative review that sends people away. It's how you deal with a negative review. It comes back to your reputation. You need to be prompt in your response as well, I'm guessing. Sure, you have to be prompt. And, you know, I can give you an example on, you know, with two highly successful online-based businesses, one service and one product-related. If they get a negative review, they go to every single level and they take every single measure in remediating the relationship for the review to be edited. And it works. And I physically see it with my own eyes. I see the one-star review being nurtured and the problems are solved and it turns into a five-star review. Yeah, that's great. That's a great result for the customer and for the business. Yeah, I think it comes down to, number one, the business owner needs to be aware that bad reviews are damaging and they'll essentially damage you. At one point, they'll damage your revenue line if you don't manage it right. And good reviews are also great because that's going to drive your growth. Mm. And how current do they need to be? Like it's probably not great if your best reviews from a year ago in today's kind of marketplace. You know, you've hit the nail on the head. They need to be recent. If a business doesn't service a client or deliver a product to a client, if it hasn't delivered something in the last three months, then I'd probably question the issue being greater than the review. But essentially the user, if you have a review that's only th- that's three months old, that's a serious issue from the user perspective. Number one, they're going to assume that you haven't delivered a product or sold a service in over three months. That's the reality of how things are looked at. Yeah. So it's important and it shows that you're either not proud of your service or your product because you're not prompting for review activity. That's the thing as well. How do businesses get those positive reviews if they've had a customer that's had a good experience? Do they need to give them a prod and say, hey, would you mind leaving a comment or giving them a testimonial? Yeah. So, I mean, there are obvious ways of doing it, which are, you know, sending an email after the job's done or sending an SMS after the job's done or, you know, a product after the product's delivered, send an SMS or, you know, build a team to ask, to call clients and ask. But Are they effective? Yes, to somewhat degree they are. 20% of the people that, or the clients that it goes out to will actually leave a review. But from my experience, 15 years in this industry, some of the the accounts that I, I run have the highest reviews in the industry. My advice is this, have humility and don't be afraid to, as the owner, or the manager to pick up the phone, speak to the client about their experience 
and be humble enough to ask them for a review and mention that you are trying to grow your rep, increase your reputation online. Because the humility part, the user, when the, when the client feels that you're asking genuinely, I can guarantee you 90% of the times they will actually go and leave you the review. If they're just a number and all you've done is sent a text message or an email saying, oh, please leave us a review online, then they're just a number. And in most cases, they won't leave you the review. They won't take the time out of their day to do so. So it's one time when maybe just automating stuff isn't the right the right answer. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something that we try, you know, day and night to preach here. There are businesses that get it and they understand because they're very good at putting themselves in the shoes of a customer. So when you do that, you understand that it's treating someone like they're just a number. Now, what about if a business has had a competitor posting fake reviews that are bad about them? Is there any way that people can deal with that? There are, of course. So my favorite one is responding and exposing uh, that it is a false, it is a fake review and it should be taken down. You can flag it as inappropriate. One of the hot topics are fake reviews, um, particularly on Google, because the removal process is extremely difficult. My advice is that you fl- that you flag the review as inappropriate every single day. You continue to do it top of mind every single day, whether it's a month later, two months later, three months later, at one stage, it's going to be flagged that many times that it gets picked up by a human being in Google who assess it and are then going to remove it for you. You don't need to go through expensive measures of, you know, contacting a particular review removal company um, to have it removed because fake reviews shouldn't be online. And the more everybody continues to flag fake reviews, the better their actual review process and review uh, audit process will become. The more of a burden it becomes on their resources, the stronger that product review product will become. They're the words. Sorry, I lost my words there for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So if if I'm a customer and I'm looking for a product and I'm online searching reviews, is there anywhere I should really be looking? Like is it Trustpilot? Is it Google like you say or is Google a bit, you know, how are you going because anyone could put something up that's not quite right? Personally, how I would personally assess a business is I go to Google first, I review the reviews, um, I sort by new, I literally sort by newest on the filter. Uh, it's very easy to do so. And then I look for reviews that have images. You can post a review with an image and it's, it's kind of a little bit more authentic to me because you can see the physical service or the product or the issue or why the review is positive. And then I'll always kind of back it up by going to either Trustpilot or I tend to now these days use Facebook. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Social media has kind of taken over any visual representation of a business. Um, So when you're dealing with an online business in particular, the best way to profile them is through social media. If every photo or comment from, you know, on a photo is boring or substanceless, then I would personally not purchase through them. I tend to go through their gallery and look for people 
I want to know who I'm who I'm dealing with just because it's an online business. I mean, it, not every business needs to, or should have an eBay style setup. If you're a local Aussie company and you're online only or predominant part of your uh, product lines are online, then you should have your team photos on there. I, we should be able to know who we're dealing with. We have to make that trusted purchase, right? It could be $50. It could be $5,000. It doesn't really matter. You have to show face is what I say. Yeah. So then you're suggesting it's pretty important then that a business, if it's not obviously not a solo operator, but a micro business or whatever, they have their team picks. They've got photos of people working in the business, doing stuff in the business. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of thing that you mean? Yes, absolutely. And again, it comes down to, you know, what is the real intention of online? And it's literally a digital shop front. If you had a physical shop front and it had no one in it or all the lights were turned off, (laughs) you probably wouldn't go in there to make a purchase. (laughs) It's the exact same thing. And what's really frustrating is particularly down under is we get told, you know, time and time again that online is on the rise. Well, online's already risen now. It's no longer on the rise. It's risen and it's a, a billion dollar economy in its own. And there are so many small micro businesses out there that are doing it tough. And it's probably because they haven't taken online serious or they haven't realized that it's an actual physical digital representation of your shop front. Mm. So what would you say is the best way to start building reputation? Take real images, be real. If you are a confident person or confident in your products and your business, which I hope you are, take videos, create a free YouTube channel, post yourself speaking about your business or speaking about your services or even the most traditional things like asking a customer if they wouldn't mind speaking a bit about their experience or the products. Post a video, post it on your YouTube channel. It doesn't have to be Hollywood style edited. It just has to be real and raw because that's the real experience that you're going to portray and you're not going to have any false expectations. So another issue is some businesses go into extreme lengths and measures in show ponying up the experience or the actual product so that when people buy it, it's not what it was made out to be and it, it causes problems on an expectation level too. So, I mean, there's a there's a fine line um, and I think my over, overall advice is post on your social media channels ASAP and more frequently. So if you have the time to do it daily, then do it daily. It's never too much right? Take video serious because it's giving someone the real representation of your company or your small business or your home setup, whatever it might be. Take advantage of all these platforms that are free of charge. You know, YouTube's free of charge. TikTok's free of charge. TikTok's not for children. Majority of, to be honest with you, majority of the um, users in Australia on TikTok are, you know, 30, 30, 30 years old plus, yeah, I think TikTok's um, it hasn't really been explored by a lot of business owners. Correct, as a, it hasn't. A and it's, platform, it's, but so there's obviously then a great opportunity there for them to get in yeah, early. Yeah, that's right. The businesses that have adapted to TikTok are seeing huge rewards because they were they're there first and they're they're there now and they're in a rhythm and that posting content is 
on the train for them in their business and they've they've understand the power of reaching, you know, five million people in one minute. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Janti. That's been a great pleasure chatting with you today and thank you for all your great advice. You're more than welcome, Sess. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.